A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. <laughs> Have you swallowed your trail yogurt mix? chips yeah. yet? Yeah, I okay. like the. I love trail mix that has like chips, like yogurt or chocolate chips. I in don't. Them. What is yogurt chips? What are they? They're like white chocolate chips. <laughs> I'm sure there's something else. I just get like upset about thinking about dehydrated yogurt. I'm not that upset about it. Like okay. I, I cherish. Well, Desi puts a lot of things in her mouth. <laughs> creamy white. Things. A lot of creamy yeah. white things. I like it. I'm so on she board. She doesn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, I guess we should start by thanking our Patreon contributors from this past week. Thank you guys very, very much. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so we had Maggie, Valerie. um, We had Giselle. And that's it. Oh, and Alicia. Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. So, um, Desi just asked me if I watched Versace this week. I did. Me too. I did like the episode this week. I did. I think it kind of answered a few of our questions that we had been talking about the week before, where it was like, yes. why is anyone into him or charmed by him it, at all? I was going to say yeah. that. Exactly. I mean, it definitely told us why. And Part of my frustration with this series is like, I wish I knew this from I the get go. <laughs> right? Like, I, I was imagining as I was watching this episode um, what it would have been like to know this information from an earlier episode, from episode one or right. whatever. It would have, at least when I found him less charming, I felt like I would have been like, oh, what happened to the charming guy I knew? Like, it would have given me some sort of foundation for where he was coming from. I think something that I find interesting in movies about psychotic people or people who um, go down into a downward spiral or become serial killers is watching the progression of their narcissism and watching the progression right. of, of their evilness. That's something that I find interesting. But here... Right. You kind of had that taken away from you. Yeah, because it's going backwards. So, uh, But I did like this episode a lot. In this episode, we see sort of uh, Andrew. He's working at the pharmacy. He is embarrassed that he's working at the pharmacy. He has just gotten out of college, or he's in college. It's in San Diego. Um, We already see sort of his lies that he's... Starting to tell. He's starting to tell right. them that he's something that he isn't. He's like, oh, my dad's a stockbroker, which we know right. isn't true. Um, and there was one scene in particular where I actually, um, this was so me, I audibly went, oh, my God. And it was when he threw the ice cream down on the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> With the haagen It wasn't haagen though, and he was upset right. that it wasn't haagen Right, right, right. Which I understand. I totally get that. But I kept I being still, frustrated by the ice cream. I was still upset that he wasted it because... You I would still, still find pleasure in I still thrifty or whatever. Thrifty ice cream is very good. I also, 
liked the aspect of seeing where he kind of learned how to lie. Yes. And I felt like that was a big problem I had in the previous episode with the lobster dinner, where I feel like his lie was so over the top unsuccessful. It made me wonder if he had ever been successful charming people with a lie. Right. And in this episode, I feel like he kind of looked, it showed him learning how to tell them what they wanted to hear. Yeah. And I liked that better as far as seeing the mind of a sociopath because a sociopath wants to be successful. Right. (laughs) So he was so unsuccessful in the lobster dinner scene. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We have some breaking news right now. Oh my God. Thank you. Brendan just uh, came into the room with a big bag of chips. The exact ones we wanted. The exact ones we wanted. Thank you, baby. I honestly feel like I, I respect him more than the troops. <laughs> At this moment, he's done more for me. In my life. In my life. He's done more I, for my I freedom. am standing for the national anthem for the bringing of these chips. We're not going to crunch them into the microphone. Everybody calm we down. We will take our mouths away, but we are very happy right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Sociopaths. <laughs> Uh, yes. 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 Thank God we are not one of right. those. <laughs> Desi. Fuck the troops. Give me the chips. What are we right. talking what? about? Oh, yeah. Soci- sociopaths, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, I, I in the uh, in the episode, Andrew Cunanan is with, we see him on his first date with David. And right. I actually, you could see, he was very charming. You could charming. see why. There was something he also, said. Also, you could see more of David. Being a little bit more of an outcast and being led into this world right. that he wasn't a part of. And that made more yeah. sense to me, like, why he would go along with Andrew when he didn't really like him. Right. And Andrew said something at the dinner table where all of them were, Desi's going to very slyly open this chip. We're going to have a chip break right now, and I'm going to edit this out. Okay. Oh. Okay, we're back. <laughs> so at dinner with David and with his friends you could see the charming Andrew you could see where he was charming and something that he said I wrote it down because I really liked it I thought it was like that would be something I would laugh at among friends he said I know how to work a greasy pole (laughs) it was in reference to yes what do you know about the oil industry because Andrew was saying how he was working for as a consultant to an oil magnet I guess right no, I, I definitely got his charm more in this episode, yeah. and I never really had seen it before. Right. And and sort of how he, there was also this scene where Andrew and David, they're back in this hotel room, which Andrew has paid for by one of his, by his sugar daddy. Right. So, uh, <laughs> he's trying so hard to eat <laughs> and to not crunch into the mic. Look, I try. <laughs> so there's this scene where, um. Uh, David tells Andrew this really sweet kind of story that's just very personal to him about uh, how he was nice to the uh, ugly girl, I guess. I don't know. The uncool girl. Yeah, that's what I was talking about when I said you learned how he kind of used something he had heard from David for the other guy later on. And that's a very classic trait of sociopaths. They 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 pick up on things. They pick up on things really well that humans do, sort of human behavior, and they're able to emulate it. Well, that's why I kind of wasn't buying that he hadn't picked up on those things in the previous episodes, because it's like, you don't get that far as a sociopath if you don't learn anything on how to manipulate. So this was the first episode I feel like we really saw how he learned feeling moments and how to use them again later on. 
And we also got to see his more vulnerable side. There was a scene where he was in a uh, casting room, I guess oh, God. you could speak. Okay. And, and yeah. I loved that scene. It was Me too. Really it was un- amazing. Really uncomfortable. And uh, and uh, Darren Chris's acting was great in that scene. And he's talking to the, uh, I guess. Madam or whatever. Or agent, the, uh-huh. the female agent uh, who would sort of... Uh, assign these escorts male escorts to men and she was basically ragging on andrew and being like how can i sell you no one wants an asian guy right what else can what else what else are you and he's like well i'm italian on my you know mom's side and she's like i don't give a shit about your life story she's like you're an asian guy right no one wants an asian guy and just the look on his face on darren chris's face when she said that sort of said so much about how incomplete he felt even though he had a really big dick. <laughs> Even though he had a really big dick. That was an amazing thing because I had never her. heard about his dick. And this, we haven't heard this about scene it. made a big case for it. Right. And I was like, I would like to see this dick. <laughs> I mean, I did think that. Like, come on. Right. We like, all give want us something. If someone has rumored to have a big dick, we all want to see it. We all want to see it. For scientific Not research that I care, purposes. but I want to know. <laughs> I agree. Um, the other amazing thing to me in this story, and I actually did some side research on it because I was like, this can't possibly be real, was the murder of his first older lover. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Lincoln? Lincoln. Yeah. That's really true. That really Lincoln happened. was murdered by a man he picked up in a bar, like very similar to what happened. The With fabrication is that Andrew was there witnessing but the that, aftermath of it. Right. But he really was murdered that way in a horrific kind of gay panic. Right. Whatever. We've talked about that before. The gay panic defense. Which on is another episode. The, um, yeah, the gay views. panic defense, basically. Right. Uh, so, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, this can't be true. And it, it actually is true. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that scene yeah. was brutal. I mean, oh my God! When they showed the face all of a sudden, that, Jesus that Christ! W- that flash, that was, yeah, it was a horrifying. Not as loud as when he dropped the ice cream, but I screamed. <laughs> well, I mean, some things you can't recover. <laughs> I'm very hungry. I've been on a low carb diet. I know. So, I mean, ice cream has a fucking has some value, <laughs> and human life is second to that. <laughs> For Rachel. Or me. Um, yeah, that was a horrifying scene, and it is true, but I don't think uh, Andrew was there witnessing it. Right. Um, but clearly, you know, but An- him- Ryan Murphy and the writer of this show are trying to build some case that uh, his sort of self-loathing about being gay had right. a lot to do with his eventual murder Wh- spree. Which I have to, I have to again apologize to Ryan Murphy for doubting and in any way, this narrative. But the more we know now, the mm-hmm. more it does make sense to me, not to, to do with Andrew's sort of internalized homophobia within right. himself. Oh, yeah. Um, and his anger at uh, other gay men doing better than him and excelling, right. where he feels like he's not excelling or not fitting in in the world. I feel like I never really had a problem with that aspect of it. My problem came with, with the AIDS storyline with Versace and sort of inadvertently maybe tying that to some of Andrew's rage only because when Andrew was eventually found, there was a lot of rumors and speculation that he was HIV positive and that's why he felt like on this, um, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to take out all these people with me. Right. So I feel like it's sort of inadvertently pumping up 
that idea that your life is worthless if you're HIV positive and the fact that the Versace family has never confirmed that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's Belief. more my issue than yeah. with Andrew's internalized homophobia, which I don't doubt for a second oh, is I accurate. D- I didn't like, doubt that he yeah. didn't have internalized homophobia um, and wanted to be seen as a sort of exceptional right. gay man in this homophobic world. I understand that. Right. I just wasn't. I sort of doubted Ryan Murphy for okay. I'm trying to under, I'm trying to follow where he think why he thinks this has to do. My confusion with the case. is really like why is it told in reverse? Oh, every like, week. I, I mean, that. I know that we've talked about this before, but I would genuinely like to know what benefit they thought that that would have brought. Right. Like, I would like to know like why they thought it would make it more powerful, because I do feel like it would have been more powerful reverse, reverse style, like yeah. or in order. Like, I oh, do feel yeah. like I would have felt more. And I would have known where he was coming from more. It would have been more compelling. Right. And so I would love to hear why they thought the reverse would be more compelling. Because I'm sure they had a reason. They must because I don't even, I don't even like criticize them for trying something. I just want to know what their reasoning was. I mean, how they feel about it. Maybe the last, the final episode is going to be this crazy fucking revelation and we're going to realize. And it's, but is it worth it in that way? Like, right. For you you to be that in doubt the whole time and then have this revelation. I don't know that it's worth the payoff. Because lots point. of people, including our listeners, have just fallen off watching the show and I don't blame them because I understand. I do feel like this episode was better and someone uh, in our Facebook message or Facebook group that you should join, by the way, Hollywood Crime Scene Friends, uh, mentioned to me this podcast done by Vanity Fair with Richard Lawson uh, and I can't remember the woman's name. I'm sorry. And they recrapped recap the show every week and I started listening to it and according to them next week's episode is like the best of the season so I don't know what that means but maybe we should hang into it a little bit more if you are on the fence they definitely like it more than I think we have the past few weeks but I feel like they also have the luxury of seeing it all Right. At once, right. so they kind of know where it's going, and I wonder if that affects their opinion. Interesting. Well, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I did yeah. like I did like I did like this, this episode. episode. It definitely was coming back into something I could get into, right? For sure. So yeah, that's our recap for this mm-hmm. week. Um, tell us what you think. Yeah, tell us what you think of this episode. We love it. Or if you've fallen off completely and you're like, I fast forwarded through all of this. But now we're going to talk about our main story. And this is something I have been wanting to discuss on the show for a long time. I realize that a bajillion other podcasts, true crime podcasts, have covered this story. But we're going to give it our own little Hollywood crime scene spin. Of course. Because it is such a fascinating story. I feel like there is so much to talk about. There, Everyone has their opinion who knows this case about what they think. Uh, there's a million theories online about this case. And this is... Um, the story of the Cecil Hotel. And we're not just going to talk about Elisa Lamb, who is the most recent famous case famous case coming out of this hotel. I also wanted to hold on one sec. <laughs> just just do it. Just eat it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna eat one too, and then I'm gonna have to put these on the ground. This was like a, the best idea and the <laughs> worst idea. We'll eat them after. <laughs> We love you, baby. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about the history of the Cecil Hotel because as everyone on the show who's a fan knows, I'm really big into haunted spaces and ghost stories. And and although this isn't 
and people have speculated this hotel is like possessed or has some kind of demon presence in it. I'm not going to talk about ghost sightings, but I, I do want to talk about the storied past of this hotel. So the Cecil is located at 640 South Main Street in downtown L.A., it was built in 1924 by hotelier, is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Hotelier William Banks Hanner. And the architect, Lloyd Lester Smith, designed the hotel in a neo-baroque style known as the Beaux Arts. This hotel, at the time it was built, cost a hundred, uh, excuse me, cost a million dollars to construct, and it boasts a lavish marble lobby and 699 rooms. And wow. it's 15 stories high. So... In the early days, this hotel was considered pretty swanky and cool, and yeah. it was a popular spot for tourists and locals, and it remained that way pretty much up until the 40s before the homeless population increased in the area and there became more nefarious activities. The hotel is also really close to Skid Row. So it became sort of known as a hotel for transients or people who were really down on their luck. Right. And it got a really bad reputation because of that. It also seemed to become a popular destination for suicide. The earliest known case of suicide was in 1931. W.K. Norton was a 46-year-old man from Manhattan Beach, which is in Los Angeles, and he was found dead in his room after consuming capsules filled with poison, which is like a very early 30s way to go. Right. Um, I didn't specify what kind of poison. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in I didn't ask. <laughs> I, I didn't ask. It just said poison. In 1932, 25-year-old Benjamin Dodditch shot himself to death in his hotel room. And in 1934, 53-year-old Sergeant Lewis Borden slashed his throat with a razor in his hotel room. Damn. So suicides continued throughout the years. And by the 50s and 60s, the Cecil Hotel actually became known as the Suicide Hotel. Really? Yeah. And it uh, gained a reputation, like I said, just for being this sort of seedy place that, right. oh, you're staying there? Yeah. What are you up to? Yeah. You know, um, people were doing drugs there. There was drug dealings happening. Um, just not like a family friendly overall right. establishment. In 1964, a retired telephone operator named Goldie Osgood or Pigeon Goldie, that was her nickname was Pigeon, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, strangled and stabbed to death. The room was ransacked. Next to her body was her Dodger's hat and a paper bag of birdseed. Well, Dodger fan. <laughs> Sorry. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, but she, her, uh, she liked to feed the birds. That's why she was called. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, she was like the old bird lady. Feed the birds toppings. Right. It was, it was that lady from Mary Poppins. Uh, in 1985, Richard M Ramirez famously stayed oh, right. at the Cecil Hotel for $14 a night. Damn. Yeah, that's cheap. So Richard Ramirez was said to have returned to the hotel after a murder and that he would just dump his bloody clothes in the dumpster out back and then be walking around the hallways in his underwear. Right. But no one really blinked because they're like, of course, there's like a strange man walking around in his underwear in this hotel. Right. Whatever. Who cares? Um, and by this point, the hotel was filled with junkies, drug dealers, and various sorts of people committing crimes. So... Yeah, no one was batting an eyelash at Richard Ramirez. 
But he wasn't the only serial killer who stayed in this hotel. In 1991, Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger was a resident at the hotel. And some believe that it was in homage to Richard Ramirez that he decided to stay at the Cecil. During his stay at the hotel, he murdered three women in Los Angeles. He didn't murder them in the hotel, but he did murder them while he was living there. The hotel sort of was like a long-term living place for people as well as just a hotel for tourists. Right. Now we're going to talk about the case, the most famous in recent memory. Pretty much, I would say this is the most famous story from this hotel, even though it's been around since the 20s. This is about Elisa Lamb. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her first. So Elisa was born April 30th, 1991 in Vancouver, Canada, and she is the daughter of David and Yina Lam, uh, two people who immigrated to Canada from Hong Kong. Elisa was a student at the University of British Columbia. Now, Elisa was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression, and she was on medication for it. She had about four different types of meds that she was taking for her illness. And she actually kept a blog in which she sometimes wrote about her struggles. And I didn't know that there was blog information. And it's interesting researching this case because I learned so much more about Elisa than I had right. known before because I didn't ever really see anything written about her, the person. No, definitely not. It was just this sort of her, she was just this corpse. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but I read her blog I read some of it, and she was a very smart girl. She wrote a lot about her struggles with depression, and this is an excerpt from April of 2012. She says, I spent about two days in bed hating myself. Why don't I simply do the things that I know will make me feel better? This isn't rocket science. It isn't that difficult. Get out of bed, eat, see people, talk to people, exercise, write, read. That hit me like a ton of bricks yeah. because like for me, that one paragraph sort of is such a perfect description of depression. Right. And I saw I've suffered from depression my whole life. So I'm like, yeah, like that is totally what it is. It's like, yeah, I logically, I know all the things I need to do to feel right. better. You know, it's like when people who've never suffered from mental illness before are like, have you tried yoga? Right. It's like, or I, exercise that boosts your, right. it's like, well, how do yeah. I get out of bed in the first place? To yeah. even do that. So, uh, I really felt that. And, you know, she also detailed in, in her blogs, like her struggles to keep up with school because like, you know, sometimes when you suffer from mental illness, I know this is my own experience. It is really hard to, keep up with your day-to-day responsibilities to even just show up for something like that. So she was worried about not being able to get into grad school. And in this particular post that she wrote about her struggles with college, her words were juxtaposed with artsy images from the fashion magazine, Dazed and Confused, which I felt like was sort of like a perfect sort of um, blog post for like a 20-year-old girl who... This person wasn't just her mental problems. Like right. she had stuff that she was into that she liked. Um, she was really into literature. She was really into art. She liked to go to art museums. She was into fashion. Uh, you know, she was like 
I don't want to say typical because that sort of makes her just sound like boring, but she wasn't, you know, didn't have these uncommon interests, I feel like. And she did have depth and, and like a soul. So Elisa's friends from college and high school described her as really friendly and very caring of others. Mm. Yeah. In January of 2013, Elisa left Vancouver to go on a trip to California. For a a reason? Just for a vacation. Uh Uh-huh. So I assume she didn't have classes. Uh, she Maybe she was on winter break. It was January. I don't know. I didn't go to college. I don't know how those, those breaks, breaks work. work. Yeah. You can tell me. In January, Elisa left Vancouver to go on a trip to California. She decided to go alone, which I feel like um, I, that's, I didn't do that when I was 21, go on like never, a, road, a trip alone I've never alone understood like people traveling alone. Even though I'm pretty whatever, like I, I like going with people. Like, I do too. To me, it's always kind of like, what? I mean, I do always see it as odd, even though I know people who Lots have people done do it. it. Yeah. But I would never be, that's, I, I, I would be afraid to do it. Not, not because I'm afraid anything bad's going to happen. I don't to me, even know if afraid is the right word. It's just something I enjoy doing with someone. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I'd worry, I always, I'd be when I hear it, bored. I'm like, really? Like you went by yourself? Well, like, I did go to Vegas by myself once, but that's different because I know Vegas like the back of my hand. Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of things on my own, but traveling, I don't think I've ever done alone. I so. wouldn't, I would feel weird going to a place I'd never been to before by right. myself. Right. No, I, I mean, I don't even think it's a bad thing. I feel like I wish I would be able to do right. that, but I just don't. I, like, I've gone somewhere alone if I'm visiting someone or right. know people there or right. something. Yeah. So that's just kind of how Elisa was, I guess. She just was didn't think anything of it. She decided to take an Amtrak down. She didn't even fly because she was going to do a whole tour oh. of California. Damn. So the first place she went, she went all the way down. She went down to San Diego. Okay. And she went to the San Diego Zoo. And it, there were pictures posted from the San Diego Zoo of her. On her blog? On her Facebook. Okay. So then her plans uh, was she was going to travel up to L.A. next. And she would stay there for a week or a few days. And then she would head up to Santa Cruz, which is in the Bay Area. It's like southern Right, just south Bay of the Bay Area. Area. Yeah. Uh-huh. So on January 26th, Elisa arrived in Los Angeles and checked into the Cecil Hotel. For the first... Th- it, sorry. Is that hotel still <laughs> shitty? Yes. Okay. So it's a cheap hotel. It's a cheap hotel. The, the hotel is actually... I'll tell you in a sec. So okay. for the first three days of Elisa's stay at, at the Cecil, she cohabitated with roommates. At in, the hotel? In one of their hostel-style rooms. Okay. So this hotel, they did have private rooms. They had long-term residency. So they're and, kind of known for hostel-style stuff. They're known for just any kind of budget yeah, tourist. Right. And they well, because I remember rooms. buying a book once about like budget USA traveling. So it might right. be like a place that's in one of those type right. of books. Right. So she was in one of the shared rooms. And I read that she was actually moved to a private room after three days, only three days of being there because her roommates complained of her odd behavior. Really? That was the quote. It said odd behavior. Hmm. So whatever that means... Her roommates didn't get along with her, so she gets moved to a private room. On January 31st, Elisa went to the last bookstore. Have you ever been to the last bookstore? I haven't, but I know of it. (laughs) It's like a very Instagram popular place. Like you see it on people. It has really high books, like 
shelves, right? Like it's like books that are arranged in a very beautiful way. I've always wanted to go there. I do. I've wanted to go also. And I always just see people posting post about it on Instagram because it's like this very unique looking bookstore. So she went there and she purchased gifts for her friends and family back in Canada. Bookstore manager Katie Orphan recalls Elisa being friendly, outgoing, and sweet. And Katie is thought to be the last person to ever see Elisa Lamb alive. Hmm. Several days later, Elisa's parents grew worried. They hadn't heard from her since the 31st. And she had been calling them every single day since she left on her trip to California. So suddenly it's been like three or four days they haven't heard from Elisa. And this is She's, January 31st. No. They haven't heard from her since the 31st. Since January 31st. Yes. Right. Since okay. January 31st. It's now like February 4th. Okay, got it. And they haven't heard from her. And they had been hearing from her since she left Canada right. to go on this trip. Every single day she had called and to check in. So Elisa's parents called the police to report that their daughter was missing, and they sent out a missing persons report on the 4th of February. Police searched the hotel, including Elisa's room, but nothing turned up. They searched all the other unoccupied hotel rooms. They searched uh, the roof with a search dog. They didn't find anything. And on February 6th, police issued a community alert, and flyers went up in the neighborhood as the search for Elisa continued. So on February 14th, a hotel surveillance video was released by the LAPD. This video was from the elevator in the Cecil Hotel. This is a very famous right, video. And I was trying to remember the timeline of my own events when this story broke. If I had seen the video first and then heard the rest of the story... Right. I feel like I might have seen the video first. I feel like I have a vague memory of seeing the video, but not knowing what the story was. Do you know how you kind of just are watching viral. something? Yeah, it did go viral. Uh, this video, uh, the I watched the original one that was posted, so it didn't have some like dubstep remix over it. Yeah, people, don't you hate that when you? I, mean, I just want to find the original video. Right. I don't want to see your fucking to, parody. I don't need video. the remix. Yeah, yeah, I don't need it. So I watched the original video that was uploaded by the LAPD. It currently has over 21 million views. So it, I mean, it reached a lot of people. Um, and sure, even way more now that this case is so famous. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. 
With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. So in it, Elisa enters the elevator and immediately crouches down by the buttons like she's panicking right away the elevator door is open then she gets up and she moves to the back of the elevator facing the open door she's like very rigid she's very upright like kind of like afraid of something she peers outside carefully and then suddenly she lunges for the door and sticks one out, leg out into the hallway and cranes her neck out to see. It's as if she's hiding from something. Right. She quickly jumps back all the way into the elevator and stands in the corner by the buttons as if to stay out of view from whatever she sees in the hallway. Elisa then peers out into the hallway again. This time she steps all the way out. For a moment she's out of view of the camera and the elevator door is still open. She steps back in, looking distressed. She then presses multiple buttons, and when she's done, she steps back out of the elevator again. Elisa then appears to be having a conversation with someone who isn't there. And at this point, you can really just see her side profile and her arms right. flailing and gesticulating. She's like having this heated conversation with someone. When you say someone. someone who isn't there, not on camera. They're not on camera. Yeah. Or they're not there at all. <clears throat> right. All we see is Elisa at this point, and she's turned to the side, and she's wildly gesturing with her right. arms and her hands like she's having a heated discussion with somebody. So then she steps out of view again, and it's just 20 seconds of just this elevator, like shot from the cor- top corner of the elevator out into the hallway, and the elevator door is open this whole time, right. even though no one's standing It's in so the way. frustrating. I remember watching this and being like, well, shut the door. Right. <laughs> like, I, get out of there. Right. Because like, like, wouldn't you be like pressing the closed right. elevator doors? Like, yeah. So it's just 20 seconds passing this video, and it's very eerie because nothing's happening. Because 20 seconds is a long time. It's a very yeah. long time. I mean, I'm getting chills just hearing this. Yeah. I was watching this really late last night, and I definitely was getting pretty spooked. So about 15 seconds later, um, oh, excuse me, 20 seconds go by, and then the elevator just slowly lurches close. And the <sighs> elevator did lurch close. It was yeah. like a very like... Old school, yeah. Yeah, and about 15 seconds later, it opens again. Oof. And you just... Why? It was so, so creepy. Gross. But there's nothing there. And you're like, it just opened. Yeah. Nothing's there. Who's there? A few seconds pass. The elevator closes again. And that's the video. Yeah. So... Around this time, guests of the hotel began complaining about issues with the water. Hmm. Issues including low water pressure, 
sometimes the water would only come out as a drip or a trickle. Yeah. They were complaining about strange tastes in the water. <laughs> Guests were complaining about strange colors and odors. There was just overall water You issues. have to think in a hotel like this, too, it probably takes a lot to complain. <laughs> it's not like you're staying at the Four Seasons. Yes, <laughs> like... exactly. Yeah. And that is the story of Sabina and Michael Baugh, a couple who was visiting from the UK. They said that the shower was particularly awful. Like pressure-wise? No. Oh, God. They said that when they would turn it on, the water would come out black for a few seconds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. I mean, that is just straight up out of a horror movie. I mean, black water? Yes. What level? <laughs> I mean, that is... They said that the water they drank from the faucet. (laughs) Why would you drink water after getting a black shower? Look, I don't know, but they did. They were thirsty. Uh You know how when you're in a hotel, those mini bars are expensive. They're fucking expensive, (laughs) and it's like that fucking bottle of Dasani, which you don't even like Dasani water, but it costs eight dollars, and you just want to drink it. It's so rude. It's a nightmare. Yeah, so you're like, fuck. I guess I'll drink the faucet water. They said the faucet water, quote, tasted horrible. It had a very funny, sweet, disgusting taste. It was a very sweet. Strange, they said sweetly disgusting. <laughs> oh, taste. sweetly disgusting. I don't Jesus know what that Christ. means. I, just, I imagine. I mean, I know that overly sweet can be very disturbing and disgusting. Right. So they said it was sweetly disgusting, sweetly, comma, disgusting taste. It was a very strange taste. I can barely describe it. So. This couple also said that they didn't think to complain because they literally just said, we just thought that that's how the hotel was. Right. We thought this is what we paid for. We get what we pay for. Right. It's a cheap hotel. Whatever. Yeah. It has shitty water here. Old school pipes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's whatever. Very, yeah. It's an old place. But the hotel did receive several complaints. More than just them. Yes. They received several complaints from guests. So a maintenance worker eventually went up onto the roof to inspect the water tank. When he lifted the 20-pound lid, there was Elisa's naked body floating face up in the tank. Floating next to Elisa in the tank were her clothes, as well as a watch and her hotel room key card. I mean, this is like a horror movie. Right. This is one of those cases where truth is stranger than fiction. Well... Yeah, because why I wouldn't even know there was a water tank like on the roof in a in a modern times. Like, doesn't that seem so old school? Like a water That's tank. That's not why it's. Scary. I feel like the floating corpse in the water tank is what makes it a scary movie. Like I, I don't. I'm, no, but like, why was she? Why would you even know? Regardless of what happened to her, either she put herself in there or someone else did. Like I wouldn't even know to look up in a water tank. Well, people <laughs> like, were complaining about the water. No, but why? That's why I'm talking about them. Them, whoever put her there or her her herself. Well, we're gonna get to that. We're okay. not there yet. Okay. That's why I wanted to communicate Rachel's- with you this episode. There's a lot of stuff. I worked very hard on it. Okay, so. um Floating next to her in the water tank were her clothes as well as a watch and her hotel room key card. Okay. It was an absolute mystery how Elisa managed to get onto the roof and into the water tank, like you said. The Cecil was adamant, though, that guests were prohibited from entering the roof and that a key was needed to access it, and that even if they did try to break 
onto the roof that an alarm would have been triggered. Right. So they right. were like, hey. I mean, that's very common to right. get on the roof, regardless of a water tank. Right. And some people have said in threads on the internet, oh, maybe the hotel's covering up. Maybe you could just right. access it. Or they didn't have the alarm hooked up or something was broken uh, and they like just that. never fixed it or whatever. So that's been one of the main, one of the big mysteries is how did she even get up there? Right. But she got up there. So the medical examiner ruled that Elisa had died from drowning and there was no trauma to her body and the toxicology report came back negative for drugs and alcohol except for the prescribed her medication for depression or whatever. Right. Her death was also ruled accidental, though numerous conspiracy theories on the internet have been swirling around for the past five years. But how was it ruled accidental? Like, what is that based on? It's based on a lot of the reason it was ruled accidental is because they're taking her medical history. As the depression. As the depression and But why aren't they ruling it suicide? Because she didn't have suicidal ideations in the past, I guess. And also... Yeah, they didn't rule. They didn't question, I don't think, if it was suicide. I guess I'm wondering how they can rule it accidental instead of whatever. We're not sure. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, accidental seems to me like I slipped and fell in the water tank. They're basically, they're, their whole idea is that in a manic fit, she was having a case of mania that she accidentally dropped herself in there decided it was a good idea to go up onto the roof because she was in a state of mania right i could see going on the roof i could see but then lifting a 20 pound lid to a water tank right climbing up the little tiny ladder that's on it and going for a swim i mean like what like i don't know and and that's like i'm just surprised that they would rule it accidental because that seems like a decision right as to what happened rather than an unsure we don't right. know and they didn't suspect foul play the reasoning was is because she was never seen with anybody right. everyone that they interviewed in this case, also why was she naked well i wondered that too why was she naked okay so they didn't do a rape kit on her and the reason they didn't do a rape kit on her which i found was strange was because she didn't have any alcohol in her system so you're only raped if you're drinking? I guess that was like, and because she was never seen with anybody. Right. But, but why not just do it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be thorough, but like. Right. I, I don't know. They I don't know. I just don't understand. I don't even think that necessarily she's naked because she was raped, but that is suspicious to me that right. she is naked because it doesn't seem accidental at that point to me. Right. I was wondering that too. And that was something that was like, okay, did she take off? Did she strip off her clothes? To when go she... for a swim? Like it was a fun thing? Right. Also, did... how did she drown? That... Did she not know how to swim? Like... I don't know. And so I was wondering this. I'm like, why? Okay. So it seems like they're trying to assert that she was naked because she stripped off her clothes because she in was a manic... in a manic episode. Right. Okay. Right. That's what they're trying to assert here. Um, so I went on Reddit to do right. some research, you know, in the bowels of the conspiracy theory internet right. world. And this one guy has like seemingly dedicated his whole fucking life to this case. Cause he had research up the wazoo. Okay. Good for him. And I was very grateful for him. I'm sorry. I can't give you a shout out right now. I've totally forgotten your name. Um, but he basically said, or somebody on his, his thread, like there are entire message boards. Right. I mean, I don't doubt it. It's, the, ca- it's the type of case that warrants it. Everyone wants to be an amateur detective here on, on this case. So 
somebody in the comment section, or maybe it was the original poster, they said it makes sense that she took her clothes off because if she fell in the water tank and she was dog paddling, like treading water, trying to stay afloat, you would take your clothes off because they're heavy. Like Natalie Wood. <laughs> yeah. Like, but but why was she in the water tank? I don't That's know. That's not something you accidentally fall into because you right. do have to lift this heavy thing. Right. And th- I want to talk about Also, the- were her clothes thrown off in the tank? Yes, they were in the tank. Uh-huh. They were thrown into the tank with her or they were in the tank with her. Found. So that theory could be possible that she was trying to take them off. Was there no ladder in the tank to get out of the tank? I don't know. Right. I, okay. Maybe not. Um, and people say, oh, the lid, you know, it, it, it was, it's a hinged lid. So like she lifted it up. Went into know, the tank and threw her it, clothes off. And the lid came back down. I see. So. That seems insane to me. It's, yeah. I mean, I. I don't even doubt that she may have been suicidal, but I feel like that's not how you do it. <laughs> like, do you right. know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know what to think about this. And I don't even, I didn't even think about suicide. I, because every news story you read about this case is that people just think, oh, well, because she was bipolar, she was prone to have a right, break it seems from almost, reality. It, to me, that's something that happens when you're with other people like an accidental death where you're like, let's do something stupid and go in this water tank and fuck around. Do you know what I mean? Like that doesn't seem like something you would do by yourself, yeah, no matter she, how manic you are. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have, I don't have manic depression, obviously. So I don't know, but I have been around people who have it. Yeah. Cause like, I really don't know much about bipolar disorder. Right. I only know my own experience with depression and post-traumatic right. stress disorder. You need to rewatch the video. I mean, let me know what you think when you watch the I'll video. I'll rewatch the video. I haven't seen it in a while. It's very eerie. It does feel like... You think that she lost it, basically. I think she lost it. And look, I've like come close to having break, breaks from reality before. It is very scary. You do. Right. You can lose like a lot of just everything. Right. Um, but I do... I mean... It is just so odd because you could really go either way I mean, on this case. I guess one of the things that sort of bolsters that viewpoint is that she was kicked out of that room. Right. Because to me, that seems like extreme. Like what kind of behavior? What was she I'm doing? I'm also irritated that we don't know more about what that behavior was. I'm very curious to know. I because don't... it's like I, you'd think that those people would be readily available for interviews to say, well, she did this. She, I woke up and she had a knife in my face. Like there has to be more right. behavior specific behavior that they complained about right. rather than just like, oh, she's weird. The other piece of evidence that sort of indicated that this was a break from reality was that she, like I said before, she was on four different psych medications. Right. And you got to take those all at once. When you're on medications, I know from experience, you have to take them every day. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to take them every day. She had taken like three out of four of them, but she hadn't taken her antipsychotic. Okay. So that could have caused a chemical imbalance, but it did say that she hadn't taken her antipsychotic for just one day. So that I don't think that that reacts that strongly right away. It doesn't. What does her family think? Uh, Her family rightfully thinks that people should leave them alone. (laughs) And like, they don't have an opinion on what happened to her. uh, I I didn't read the family's opinion. The only thing I about that, the only thing I read that the family said is they didn't. Um, 
I don't think that they like that Ryan Murphy, again, Ryan Murphy, <laughs> uh, did American Horror Story Hotel because allegedly it was based on the Cecil Hotel. Oh, well, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with her. Because no. as we've said before, like, there was numerous stories related to that hotel. Right. And other hotels, too, I would imagine. Like, Yeah, I mean, look. Because there's so many people going into a hotel, there's bound to be a million weird stories and incidents. And that was the other thing I looked up. Like, was the Cecil Hotel... Like, yeah, it was a seedy hotel, but was the criminal activity any more than any other seedy hotel? No, 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 no. Because I did look up. I was like, what are the suicide stats in hotels? In general. They're probably the, way higher. They, because they people go to hotels to, to kill suicide. themselves, probably, because they don't want to do it in their home where their family is yeah. or whatever reason. So, yeah. you know, and it's like so many people pass in and out of hotels. You're bound to have someone who commits a crime. I just think... If her family did think it was something else, they'd probably be more vocal about it. Absolutely. So the fact that they aren't makes me think they buy the story that the cops have laid out. Right. Or the official version. I mean, they obviously, you know, they knew Elisa the best and they, you know, supported her through her uh, health problems and... Um, you know, got her on medication and were taking care of her. So maybe they know something about her struggle. Right, that we don't with know. With mental illness that we don't know and how that manifested. It is a weird way to go. It's very weird. I mean, even if it was a psychotic break, there's a lot of elements that have to fall into place it's very for you odd. to drown, right? It's very odd. And the other thing that I uh, found was odd is the 31st was actually the day she was supposed to check out. Okay. So that was supposed to be her last day there. What, where did she get from? I'm supposed to leave to go to Santa Cruz today to suddenly being in this elevator. Right. I don't know. I feel like there are witnesses that aren't coming forward. <laughs> That's just my theory. Right. Desi, Desi thinks there's another plot here. And I don't I'm necessarily, I don't necessarily know that that isn't the truth, but I feel like there are people who are not coming forward and telling what they know as far as seeing her or her behavior or right. her ex roommates being more specific with what her behavior was. Like, I feel like there were that sort of, I would love to know about that. And I was very skeptical when I first saw that report that she had roommates before and they thought her behavior was odd because I was like, did that really happen? Right. Are they after the fact saying, yeah, we, we thought her behavior was odd. Or did anyone say that anyway in somebody? And that, I, I searched and I did find it on a couple different places that that had happened. Right. Um, but yeah, were they looking in hindsight? And saying, yeah, she did seem kind of weird or yeah. But they did ask to be moved. But could it have just been something else? Like, mm -hmm. oh, she's boring like I you know what I mean like there could be like oh she stinks like do you know what I mean like there could have been another reason well, and, the other and they reason, acted like it was weird behavior I have no idea well the other reason we're not hearing from them either probably is because they were tourists and they're out of the country now right so right that's true you know we don't have their statements I just feel like to ask for someone to be moved in a hostile situation it would have to be extreme it would have to be extreme i'm right. very because they're probably used to weird did. quirky odd behavior in those situations yeah which is honestly why i would never have stayed in a situation like that oh like i know i can't deal with I people can't. like i can't do it i just can't i'd rather spend extra money in my own room look i did three months of rehab living with 28 different women. Right. I'm done it's for a the nightmare. rest of my I life. I can't even and stay then in a hotel. I lived, and then I lived in halfway houses for a year after that. I'm done. I'm for fucking me, done. For me, like, 
staying with someone even I like in a hotel just one night Look, is the equivalent of camping. Like to me, it's like a nightmare. Look, when <laughs> Desi and I go on our pasta tour of Italy in next year, which is why we need your Patreon money. <laughs> I'm sure after day two, we're going to be like, fuck you, bitch. I just need a pri- I need privacy. Yeah, well, Do you know we'll what get I mean? our like, own room. Right. But I'm just saying, like, a normal person, I feel like as much as you like someone, you want your own space eventually. It's Even important. if it's, like, two hours a day, you want to have your hotel you room space. to yourself. I need So I feel space. like you can't arrange it where you're, like, from four to six, I need to be in the hotel room by myself. Like, right. I feel like that's possible would work for me, yeah. but I need my own space. Yeah. Like, definitely. I really So I don't know, that. like... I don't know what's going on. Like I could never stay in that situation with people I don't know to begin with. So I don't know what would draw the, what would cross the line for you as far as behavior. But just to wrap up on the story, it is super tragic. Uh, I was very interested to read more about Elisa, the person, because that's not something I really knew about before researching this. I, I really only sort of knew her as, Oh, that creepy story the case the case the creepy case because um i mean the water tower and the water well that's what i'm saying is it it is like so out of a horror movie the whole thing it's so bizarre it's so crazy and um this was like at a time and living in los angeles like in hollywood and like this area of la where a lot of really crazy, eerie shit was happening, or it just seemed that way. Right. There was also this other crazy case, which I definitely want to talk about at some point on the show, um, like the body parts that were found. Oh, right. In, in Griffith Runyon. Park or Runyon? Okay. Oh, it was Griffith. Yeah. It was Griffith. So like that had happened just like the year prior, and like, I don't know, it just felt like there was like a lot of crazy shit going down and there was like someone who was like there was like a mass shooting or a shooter on vine and hollywood around that time too right. like, i just remember that specifically because i've lived i've lived in hollywood for a very long time so like there were these three big things that happened i feel like the thing with this case regardless of what you think even if you feel like this is what i believe it's not a very satisfying conclusion no you don't know for sure right what the right answer is right and she left literally nothing behind, no evidence like a suicide note or even like a statement to her family that right. she was in distress she was going to have a really fun trip she had that's the other thing she had plans to go back up to Santa Cruz she right. had plans she bought gifts for her family and friends right. like she didn't plan to go there to I die. would say at the very least it does seem accidental yeah right like, it does seem yeah. accidental it doesn't seem like I a don't, suicide that's I don't not a way you commit suicide I'm yeah sorry. I don't yeah. think she had uh, plans to commit suicide or that that was even what happened I don't believe that at all but I it just it's very sad it's a very sad story but it all like you said it is very frustrating because you know I want answers there's you want answers but there's literally no there's answers no way. to come and that's this part, is it. Yeah. And that's part of what makes the story so fascinating to so many people right. is because it's so mysterious. Also, this is like a rare instance where a death um I mean obviously every death affects their loved ones and people around them, but this death actually affected people in the hotel, not connected to her at all just yeah. because of the water. Like <clears throat> Oh my I god. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like it actually affected people in a way that normally doesn't ever happen, I would, just based on the water issue. Can like, you imagine if that was you who drank this water? And I mean, because we've all drank questionable things, and we know we're like, <laughs> and we're trying to convince ourselves, like it's not that bad, or this place, right. this place it's just isn't dirty, that dirty, rusty pipes, or whatever. whatever. Yeah, 
If I had found out after that I was drinking dead body soup, I would have fucking been traumatized. I'm just shocked that that's how water works. Like I know that might be naive of me, I've but like turned on pipes before you can that have get come into out. a water tank to water that goes to people's drinking fountains. <laughs> Whatever is insane to me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. That's what's shocking to me. I mean, I mentioned it before. You're like, no, that's not what's shocking. It's the dead body. I'm like, no, but it's shocking to me that the water tank is just there that fuels the hotel. Well, that's why the roof was locked, supposedly. I guess. But like, I just didn't even know that the, that's how water works. I mean, is that really like white trash Florida? <laughs> Me, like, how does things work? I don't. You know what? You're asking the wrong girl. What are you thinking? Like, it's supposed to be I in thought the like basement? It was, yeah, I thought like it was an underground system. <clears throat> well, maybe there's other water. I guess there's other ways to do it but also the water pressure to me is even more disturbing because it's like that's something you can deal with in any situation so it's like after that experience you must be like every time the water pressure goes up and down you're like wait is there a you're like who's who's in the water tank (laughs) right yeah it's so crazy that um hotel did not shut down at all no they're like, we're open for business, bitches. Yeah. Come in. So they did not shut down. Don't let the construction or crime scene. <laughs> right. Like the people who are under construction are like, we're still open for business. Right. <laughs> Just walk past the crime scene tape. So the Cecil Hotel did not shut down, but they did make all guests sign waivers about oh. the water. <laughs> they were like, we're cleaning our water system. And while we're cleaning it, they're, you know, if you get sick, it's not on us. Here's what okay. bottle. They provided bottled waters. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. But like taking a shower, you know, you close your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go, ah, underneath the. Don't have like an Irish Springs moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other thing that happened with the hotel, the hotel is rebranded since. Oh. They're now called The Stay on Maine. <laughs> But we remember. We the we stay. know. We know what your hotel is. It's almost you, like the stand. <laughs> you can't just poltergeist. Right. We know where the bodies are buried. Like we know that this hotel is a Cecil hotel. No right. amount of Wait, where is it downtown? Do you have the exact It's Main Street. It's six forty South Main Street. Okay. So it's sixth and Main. Okay. I feel like we have to go. We have to go and um that is absolutely something I want to do on our television show. I will only get a bottled beer. Because I don't want to trust the ice. <laughs> we will go to the Cecil together, even though I'm deathly afraid of ghosts, but we will go together. Okay. Okay. Let's check it out. Or and, the stay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And please give us money um, if you have any. If you don't, we still love you. We love all our listeners equally. I just want to put right. that out there. We actually have some new perks on Patreon. Yes, we yeah. do. We have perks for $1 listeners now, too. $1 patrons. I shouldn't say $1 listeners. Makes you guys sound cheap. Yeah. <laughs> We're cheap, so don't we worry about cheap. it. But yeah. We have perks, a new perk now available to patrons who contribute a dollar a month. Um, If you contribute more than that, you'll get this perk too. This is once a month we are going to upload an episode of our old podcast that you will have available to you to listen to. A lot of people have been asking for us to upload this and we've been trying to figure out a way and this is just the best sort of most convenient economical way to do it right so that that's what it is it's only a dollar a month and our old podcast was all was very dirty and very inappropriate we interview a lot of comedians sort of well-known and and not yeah (laughs) from the la area well-known than others yeah so it's definitely worth checking out and as always we have uh, i mentioned before our facebook group where we talk about all the cases and other things 
Uh, we also have social accounts on uh, Twitter and Instagram where yeah. we post photos and whatnot. Right. Um, what else? Oh, also review us. Yeah, That's really you, helpful. If you like our show, give us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us a lot. Uh, yeah, you can rate and review us and tell your friends. A lot of people have been saying on our Facebook group that they tell other friends, and that's so cute and cool. <laughs> Look, the, the Facebook it's great. comments and, like, posts that people make, honestly, like I said this in the group, like, I had such a rough week last week, and, like, that was one of the things that made me smile. It is so sweet. It was very, like, it's very it nice. Even me, I'm very black hearted. Right. I get soft heart. I get soft hearted. <laughs> Desi I has her moments. I have my moments. And you know and I'm what like, I'm oh, that's sweet. feeling very sentimental about right now? What's that? Those potato chips that we're going to eat. I know. We're going to eat them as soon as this podcast is over. <laughs> oh, let's do uh, it. Okay. Bye. bye. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.